Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around him, and the impact he empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Okay, so this week, um, whenever I was beginning to think about uh, the dedication and um, just talking about our children, I started reading stories of some really amazing things that, that kids have done globally. Um, one of the stories I read was about this little girl and um, she planted this little cabbage seedling in her school. I'm sure lots of parents will have their kids that will have brought home a wee plant or something. And she grew this cabbage and it, it turned into this monster of a thing and she donated it to a soup ki- kitchen. And it was able to feed um, something like 80 people, you know, with this one cabbage she grew. So she was only eight or nine. She got a real hunger for this and started this vegetable plot to supply soup kitchens around where she lived. Um, and by the time she was 12, she was um, supplying something like in the hundred thousands of tons worth of fresh produce for soup kitchens. Um, and she was just a kid. I read this other one. It's a testimony that's on a website for charity. It's called Ryan's Wells. And this guy, Ryan, he's in his 20s now. Um, and whenever he was six, somebody told him a story of children having to walk for miles and miles to get fresh water for their families in Africa. So this guy, this six-year-old, he started to fundraise and do jobs, and he got even speaking at some public meetings with the council. Um, and by the time he was one year later, um, by the time he was seven, he had raised enough money for his first well in Uganda. Um, And now that he's 26, he runs this charity that are providing fresh water for 900,000 people in Africa. But it all started when he was only six. And we read these stories um, of kids doing amazing things. We read um, that our kids can be TV stars, musicians. We hear of primary school kids running their own YouTube channels. That's quite common now. They are um, running postcard campaigns to bring about policy change. They can code computers from ridiculously young age. We hear these stories on the news of massive big government computer hacks that have happened and the person that's behind it is a little child, you know, or a teenager. Um, And so our kids can be Olympic athletes and TV stars. The list is endless. So if we read and know stories of kids doing these incredible things throughout the world, it just got me thinking, what about the children in our church, you know? Because these are kids who, it didn't mention whether they were Christians or not, or whether they knew Jesus. And I just started thinking, you know, because of their relationship with our Heavenly Father, our children in this church are powerful people, each with a unique purpose and a unique calling that's with them from birth. So um, my question I wanted to look at is, how as a community can we ensure that we are a place where these children and their families can really grow and really flourish? How do we stand alongside these children and their parents and help them to be the best families that they can be? So as I was preparing, I kept feeling the Lord highlighting to me a wee section from Psalm 127, particularly verse 4, and it says this about children. This never works for me. Is it on? There we go. Oops. There we go. Hooray. It's worked. It says this. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a word from him. 
Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Okay, so this particular psalm, it's the only one amongst this group of psalms that's attributed to be written by King Solomon rather than David's. Um, now, to some of you parents who are here today, I'm sure when you first met your new babies that you thought many lovely things about them, but my guess is that you did not think of them as being like an arrow. Now, here's the thing about arrows. Arrows can be very different. Um, they can come in different lengths and thicknesses. Some of them are designed for hunting. Some of them are for competition, for target. Some of them are for battle. Um, and each is carefully crafted and formed for their different purposes. But they are all intended to make a maximum impact upon their target. And the thing about arrows is they are all intended to fly. Back in the time whenever um, Solomon would have written these words, warriors didn't buy their arrows. If I wanted to buy an arrow today, I could go to somewhere like decathlon, you know, and buy an archery set. Um, but when this was written, they would have crafted them from materials available to them using great skill and care. And the goal would have been that they would have had this arrow that could be directed straight at their target. And each arrow was designed to be shot or aimed and released to a specific place or a destination. So the archer, he would shape or she would shape each arrow with tremendous care and attention because they knew what was needed to create something that would fly. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are our children. We are meant to be intentional about shaping our children so that they can soar. Our children need this from us. They need parents and they need a community who can take time to care and craft them in the paths of the Lord. God's desire and plan is that our children should be trained for success and he has called us to do it. He has called us to prepare them like a skilled craftsman of fashions and arrow. You see, God created our children to win. They're on his team and we often tell our kids, our team wins, if you don't know that. Um, they're on his team. Arrows are meant to hit a target, and we need to get skillful at aiming and shooting these arrows that we are blessed with. Here's another thing about arrows. Arrows are not meant to stay in the quiver. They are meant to be a deadly show of accuracy and force against the enemy. It's a strange way to think of a baby. <laughs> yeah. Arrows are offensive weapons. They have a greater purpose. You don't use arrows to defend yourself. You use them to make a dent in the enemy. Shields are defensive. Swords can be defensive. If you try to use an arrow for defense, it would look like you had some kind of weird undersized spear that didn't really do anything. Um, you're meant to let arrows go and bam, you know, arrows are weapons and we're at war. And we can worry so much about the dangers in this world and feel like we never want to let our children go too far from the quiver. But when we do things Jesus' way, we get to say, I am raising children who are dangerous. Here we go. Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Satan and his demons will be scared of our children because they are God's weapons. When our children know who they are in him, they will stand against every lie of the enemy. They will fire light into this dark world. The sick will be healed. The dead will be raised. 
our kids are like arrows that will bring truth and victory. Um, a wee while back, we were watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy with our almost teenager. Now, I'm a total chicken. Um, well, I'm not a chicken. I'm just, I'm really super sensitive to the things that I watch. Um, so I was practically hiding behind the sofa when the battle scenes were on and the arrows were flying, but not our girl. She absolutely loved it. And she was right there cheering and willing the good guys to win. Um, and just, you know, right in that moment of her cheering for victory, God started to give me just another wee glimpse of who she is, what she is made for. And sometimes I would love to truthfully cozy up with my girls in the quiver. But she is made for something more. And Reggie Joyner, I read this quote from him that he says, so often we're fine if our children never climb a mountain as long as it guarantees they never get hurt. But what if your children were made for the mountains? The ultimate mission of the family is not to protect your children from all harm, but it is to mobilize them for the mission of God. Aiming our children is an intentional and a decisive act. The other thing that God reminded me of that night as we watched the movie is that Neve is not like me. That sounds like a really obvious thing to say. But sometimes I get frustrated as a parent because she's not like me, because she doesn't go about tasks in the same way. She isn't motivated by the things that motivate me. She doesn't like some of the things that I like. But here's the thing. Our children are not meant to be carbon copies of us. They are all unique. Mary and Joseph, they learned this wee lesson in the Bible too. If Jesus was a carbon copy of Joseph, he would have been found with the carpenters. But Jesus was a future rabbi, so he was found in the temple with the preachers. So who are these little ones that God has given us in our church? Who are our young people, our teenagers here out in the youth? Um, where do we find them and how can we draw out everything that God has knit into their being? Parents, your children have a bright spark within them, a spark that belongs uniquely to them. It is them, and you will have felt it before they were born. You will have gotten to know it well as you've looked after them and dressed them and bathed them through the long nights of rocking them to sleep in the early hours of the morning. And no matter how tall they get, how their legs stretch, how their wee faces change or their interests or their personalities grow as they become big kids and then teenagers and then adults, that core self, that light that God put there before they first breathed, that's an unchangeable thing. To see and know that God-ordained light within them is the most important connection we can have with them as parents. We have this opportunity to connect on a really deep level with our children and to nurture who they are, not who we think they should be or who society says that they are, but who they are divinely created to be. A couple of weeks ago, I was doing a ministry time with our two and three-year-olds um, at church and we were leaning into praying for healing and some of the children had been doing a wee prayer craft activity and they were actually asking God some of the things he'd like to heal amongst the grown-ups out here. And during the ministry time, we were praying for children who were sick and we prayed for the mother of one of our little ones. And I asked the, the preschoolers, are any of you sick? Would any of you like prayer? And little Asmara, who's just been dedicated, stood up and she said, my mommy isn't sick and my daddy and Wilbur are not sick. I want some of that. 
And you see, she was watching the ministry time. It was fascinating. And she knew that God was with us. And she knew she wasn't sick. But she did not want to miss out on a touch from her Heavenly Father. And as we gathered around her with all the other little ones and we prayed, her whole face just shone. And it was like we got this glimpse of that light that God had placed inside of her. What a privilege to be allowed to see that as a kids leader. And I know that some of you are meant to be doing this stuff with us. Some of you are meant to be coming and seeing a little bit of heaven touch earth in the kids' rooms. So why don't you come and join us? God give our kids for the Great Commission. Many of the missionaries we want to see sent out from this church are in the children's rooms right now. Are you meant to be helping to craft and release these arrows? Our children were designed to make an impact on this world, to live for a reason, to accomplish a purpose, to count for something in God's great scheme of things. And ultimately, you know, we're all responsible for the mark we make and the direction that we head in. You know, but we do have a responsibility to craft our children and release these precious arrows to the best of our ability. Perhaps the most powerful thing we can do as a church is to model biblical principles before our children. First, we must all be really good examples, give them something that tastes really good, make sure we have everything in place so that kids can really taste God and never want to stop. So whether you're a parent or a kids leader or a worshipper here with us at BCV, if you want to see the kids in our community grow in worship or prophesying or serving others or whatever it is that you long to see, go hard after it yourself and watch what happens as our kids watch you and you give them a taste of the kingdom. I remember Heather Joy dancing in church one day and my daughter, when she was small at the time, whispered in my ear, I want to love Jesus like her. Our kids notice absolutely everything. So let them catch something precious from you when they're with us for worship or even in the coffee time when they're watching you there, how your conversations go and how you're surfing and um, being part of this community. I don't want to finish without saying that this passage is also a reminder to us that we are all arrows. Back up. Sorry, going the wrong way. Don't know what I'm doing. Never mind. Okay, we are all arrows. Each of us is someone's child. Now, I'm not sure how well you feel that your parents launched you out of their bow. But the fact of the matter is, we are all arrows, and we are all supposed to fly, and we are all supposed to have direction. God created children to win. He created you to win. When you were born, you were born to win. Unfortunately, too many of us have been conditioned to lose, so maybe some of you felt like you were left to raise yourselves. But who will launch me is the cry of your heart. We all have goals, we all have aims, and we all want to hit the target. And God is here now, and he's ready to sharpen our vision and repair anything that's broken in our lives. Make a choice to do business with him today, knowing that every right choice you make is a choice that makes this community a better place to raise our children. Sometimes we can feel as adults that we're always missing the mark of who we were created to be. But it doesn't matter what your life looks like because Jesus can turn it around. You can choose courage. You can be a hero in the story of this community. 
If you need to come and ask Jesus to turn your life around, let's just ask him now. If you need to come to Jesus, let's do that. I'm just going to pray right now, Jesus. I've made so many bad decisions and choices in my life. I know I've messed up. I've walked away from you, but right now I am turning around. I am turning to you. I choose you, Jesus. I want to make a difference for you, Jesus, who have my life. Today, I choose to follow you. Amen. If today you're coming to Jesus for the first time, I'm totally thrilled. If you're already following Jesus, but you need him to turn your course around, I'm equally thrilled. I would love to hear your story afterwards. What an absolute honour that would be. This is a generation growing up in our church, desperate to bring about a radical change. They have a fire in their hearts to make a difference. Maybe somebody didn't invest in you, and that is so sad. And I'm sure that might have slowed you down in some areas of your life. But perhaps it's time for God to put you on catch-up now. He can heal those areas and he can transform you so that you can transform others. Right now today, he wants to start showing you who you are. Like we've already said, every right choice you make makes it easier for the people coming next. And he's always talking about leaving legacy. As I wrote this, just to finish off, God also reminded me of a story that's in Exodus 17, where Moses has launched Joshua like a, an arrow out into battle. Thank you, Andrew, for sorting my visuals. <laughs> we read this. Um, so Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. When Moses held his hands up in battle, Joshua and the next generation started to win. Who is coming after you in this journey? Who are you holding your hands up for? We all ought to be holding our hands up for somebody. Some of you might be feeling that nobody did that for you. Well, you can be the first. I just feel like some of us today are, are maybe we haven't been launched very well from our families. Maybe nobody prayed for us like this. But I feel like that's what God's calling you to. Not um, a life of defeat, but a life of victory because it just means that you're the first. You're a pioneer and you get to do a new thing in your family line. We are living in times when we grown-ups need to stand up and fight for our children fight for them to go further than we've ever flown ourselves. It's not just okay for a few of us to carry this in kids' ministry. We really need more influencers in our room, men and women who will raise up their hands and lead like Moses did. Could you teach a child to read scripture? Could you come and pray for a child, prophesy over them, show them what it looks like to worship with all your heart? Could you help root some of our children in Jesus Christ? God has so many gifts for us and our children, but what if they aren't even in the game yet because we don't have enough leaders to ask them how they are and what God is doing with them? What if more of us adults signed up to invest in these little lives? Could it be that we see more people saved, more people healed, more hungry people in our city fed? 
I believe with my whole heart that it would be so. Many of us spend our whole lives just recovering rather than having benefited from the input we received in church as children ourselves. But in Belfast City Vineyard, here we're reaching for a new thing. We want to release our children to walk in their God-given identities. We cannot choose salvation for them. Salvation's a choice, but we can pray over them from the minute they are born. We can nurture them and we can direct them in environments saturated with the presence of God. Prayerfully consider, please, this morning with the Lord, if you could join him in helping our vineyard kids discover who they are. If you feel your heart stirred, come and find me afterwards and I'm going to pray with you and meet up with you and discover how we can launch you into ministry. You are God's child. He made you to fly and let's see some lives change together. I'm going to invite the ministry team to come up now and I am going to invite you all to stand as we close. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Lord, come now and pour out your spirit on our church. Holy Spirit, come. Pour out your spirit on all our people, young and old. Thank you that you are jealous for your people. Come now and break down any walls that might separate adults from children in our church. Thank you that you're a God who pours out your spirit on all people, regardless of gender or age or race or any of those things. We just pray that in our time in Belfast City Vineyard, we would all be arrows who would be released and we would see your impact throughout this whole city and beyond. I just pray for our kids' ministry right now. Thank you for the people in there serving. I just pray, Lord, that you'd raise up more leaders um, so that our kids um, could be launched, could be aimed at the target and become mighty warriors themselves. So just come and equip us now as a community. Amen. Guys, if you would like prayer um, or if you'd like to talk through anything, um, there's a team of us at the front now. You're welcome to come. We'd love you to make your way up. There is tea and coffee being served at the back with some lovely Jaybird cupcakes. Um, And if you're a parent of children, you could go and collect your kids now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.